Father, we thank you for tonight as we come before your word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity <clears throat> and in clarity of speech. Excuse me. I thank you that this evening you will speak to us through your holy word. I pray that may we live here blessed. May we live here encouraged. May we live here edified. Thank you for what you will do in today's service. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. Amen. Well, um, <clears throat> tonight we are going to use our resource material for our Bible study. Amen. And the resource material is our, our presiding bishop's book, The Pursuit of Christ. Amen. So we are going to go through um, those chapters. And I believe that we'll be able to glean something. That's our, our theme for the year. Our theme for this year, 2023, is the year of the pursuit of Christ. Amen. What does that mean? I believe that book has answered all those questions and those concerns, and it will do us uh, much good and offer benefits for us to look at the book. So you can buy the book through Amazon. Amen. Uh, you can go to Amazon, you type The Pursuit of Christ, you should see Bishop there. I think he even has a, an Amazon page, so you can even go there and follow it, and then you will see all his written works there. Uh, I'll advise all of you to buy the book, Amen, The Pursuit of Christ. If if my memory serves me right, it's less than $4. I think it's $3.99. So um, buy it, because that's going to be our currency right now. Amen. So today, whatever I'm going to share is just from the book. You don't even have to write notes. Just get the book because I'm preaching from the book, the button. Amen. So I'm going to chapter one, the pursuit of Christ. The pursuit of Christ. Chapter one. So it's very important for us to understand that does God pursue us or do we have to pursue God after we have been born again? I think, uh, so I think Pastor Jessica has put the Amazon link down so you could all click on it and buy the book and you see that I'm just reading exactly what is there. Amen. So does the believer has to pursue Christ or God? Yes. It just doesn't stop there. After the salvation experience, sometimes many questions that the believer will ask us, what next? <clears throat> um, we still have to pursue God. I believe one of the reasons why we don't is complacency. Most times, many Christians, we do get complacent and we are not able to strive for what God has for us. Amen. So please go with me to Second Peter chapter one, verse three to four. Second <clears throat> Peter chapter one, verse three to four. This scripture will help us to beat complacency because um, complacency is more like the modern plague uh, against Christians. According as his divine power have given unto us all things. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, I read, According as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that 
by these he might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world through lust. So, how do we beat complacency? How do we come to a place whereby we will not lose our enthusiasm uh, for the things of God, especially in regards to pursuing Christ? When we are talking about pursuing Christ, we are talking about having a relationship with Him. It's a pursuit. It's it's a pursuit, right? Uh, it, it will come, and as verse 3 will say, through the knowledge of Him. So that is a case for the pursuit of Christ. So one of the ways we will pursue Christ is to pursue his precepts. I think I did speak a little bit about that at our New Year's Eve service. We have to pursue his precepts, which is the word of God. And the word of God contains the knowledge of God. And when we do that, the Bible lets us know that it's through that that we will experience exceeding great and precious promises that we will become partakers of the divine nature. So why do we have to pursue Christ? We have to pursue Christ so that we can all become partakers of the divine nature. Amen. So when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, yeah, the promise is there that you are a partaker of the divine nature of Christ. And what's the divine nature of Christ? The divine nature of Christ is the character of Christ. For us to become that, it, it, it has to come through pursuits. And this pursuit here, we can find it through knowledge. Amen. So we'll have to, we have to pursue him and grow and grow in the knowledge of Christ. Amen. And, and when we do that, as we grow more in the knowledge of Christ, we will begin to resemble more of Christ. Now, let me give you this scripture, which is not in the book. Romans chapter 8. Verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. We have to build the case for why we will have to pursue Christ. Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Amen. So, it, it's the reason why we will have to pursue Christ. We have to pursue Christ so that we will be conformed to the image of his son. And one of the best ways for us to be conformed to the image of his son is to read the Bible. Because the more we read the Bible, the more we draw from it virtues of Christ-likeness, virtues of Christ's deeds, virtues of Christ's action, virtues of Christ's lifestyle, the more we begin to imbibe these things. And the more we begin to imbibe in these things, the more we will begin to resemble Christ. So the reason why we are Christians is for us to be conformed to the image of his son. God doesn't just want us to come into this relationship and this love walk with him just to experience a blessing. It's bigger than a blessing. Amen. Christ wants us, God wants us to come into this relationship where we will begin to have an experience with Christ 
so that we will look more like him. Amen. And when we look more like him, then we can call ourselves candidates for heaven. Because the Bible says, as he is, so are we. And if we have hope in this then we will purify ourselves. Amen. So it's very important for us to develop that love work, that consistency, and pursue Christ. And when I talk about pursuing Christ, we are talking about pursuing a relationship with him whereby you will grow in the image and in the likeness of Christ. Amen. So this really talks to us about predestination. Before the foundation of the world, God had made provision that a remnant of the world, so to speak, or the whole world, will be conformed to the image of his son. That's why we are Christian. So when you become a Christian, you, you can't be complacent. Amen. So um, this year, um, God is really speaking to us through this theme and, and through this book, not to relax. Don't be complacent. Yeah, you may have experienced a blessing here and there. You may have experienced some deliverance here and there. You may have experienced some benefits of, you know, of, of, of being a Christian so far, which is all good. Praise God. We thank God for that. But we have to press deeper into the inner courts of the Lord and, and pursue Christ. And, and when we pursue Christ, what will happen is that we will grow in the image of, of Christ or we will become a partaker of his divine nature. When we become a partaker of his divine nature, it means that we will just be like Christ. That's why Apostle Paul could say that be imitators of God as dear children. How are we going to be imitators of God as dear children? We become imitators of God as dear children by looking at Christ. And how can you imitate Christ if you don't pursue a relationship, a, a vibrant, active, living relationship with Christ? For some of us, our relationship with Christ is dead. It's dead. It's become very dormant. It's become so religious. It's more of lip service. You know, look at the Pharisees. They wore church clothes. They ministered. But Jesus says that you just honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far away from me. So there is the danger of you just playing church and coming to church for so long that you will not pursue Christ. I, I think this year we really have to observe our pursuits. What am I pursuing? Why am I in the faith? I must say yesterday and today, I've been thinking about that a lot. What are my pursuits? What am I pursuing? Am I pursuing God? Am I pursuing Christ? Are my pursuits eternal? Are they spiritually driven? Are my pursuits heaven focused? I think we all have to come to that place where we have that somber reflection and ask ourselves, what are my pursuits? Or are my pursuits for the good and the glory? We have to come to a place where we can honestly and sincerely say to myself, my pursuits should be spiritual if they are not. Amen. So in this scripture, we realize that one particular way by which we can pursue Christ is through the knowledge of Christ. It calls for a pursuit. And that's why um, during the New Year's Eve service, I said, in this year, if we are pursuing Christ, one of the goals, one of the noteworthy goals we should have is to read the whole Bible. Because it's actually through the knowledge of Christ that we can build a case for the pursuit of Christ. And it's also through the knowledge of Christ that you and I will become partakers of Christ's divine nature. And what does it mean to be a partaker of Christ's divine nature? It means to have his character. Amen. So there's a lot of work for the believer. So between receiving Christ and 
going to our eternal home, which is heaven, to be with God, and, and that the gap in between is conforming to the image of his son. Conforming to the image of his son. Being a partaker of his divine nature. That gap, that gap that we have in between. I have received the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and personal Savior, and we shall be in Beulah land or New Jerusalem. That gap in between is to conform to the image of his son, is to be a partaker of Christ's divine nature. And when you take on that assignment, you will always be in pursuit of Christ because you will never come to a place of attainment. And that's why Apostle Paul could say, not that I have already attained. Not that I have already attained. You will never come to a place where you will say, I have truly attained. You will keep on working, striving, and following Christ until every canal nature of you drop, every sinful habit drop, everything drops for you to come to complete fullness of Christ. And Honestly, we will only come to that place on the day of resurrection. So um, until now, we all have to chalk advancements, small steps, bite-sized growths to becoming into the image, into the likeness of Christ. And, and for that to really happen, we have to pursue Christ. It's a spiritual thing. It's, it's a spiritual thing. It's not a mental exercise. It's not a physical exercise. It's a spiritual thing. That is why we need to pursue Christ. We need to just pursue him. We, we need to run after him. Run hard after, after God. Run hard after him. Because that's the only way whereby the virtues of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I just mentioned the fruit of the Spirit, which is nine, right? It's, it's only through having an active, living, vibrant relationship with Christ that we'll be able to see all these manifestations of Christ's divine nature. Amen. So, it's a pursuit, it's a walk, it's an assignment, it's a task, so we can't really relax. Amen. You've not attained. Because when you, can't, when you become a complacent Christian, you are saying you have already attained, but we've not attained. And Paul, he could have boasted of so much, but he said, not that I have already attained. Not that I've already attained. But what will I do? I'll press on. I'll press on. So today, believers, let's let's press on. Let's press on in our love work with God. Let's not be complacent. Let's beat that. And one of the ways to beat that is through the knowledge of Christ. That is a case in point for pursuing Christ. So where do you find the knowledge of God? You find the knowledge of God in the word of God. But that means I'm, I'm going to really take the Bible serious because it's through this that I will experience the knowledge of Christ. And when I get the knowledge of Christ, it is in the knowledge of Christ that I become a partaker of the divine nature of Christ. Do you understand? So, Bible... It's got to be the main book. It's got, it's got to be the main book. If, if we are ever going to come to a place where we can fulfill God's predestination for our life, it's got to be the main book. Because if we read 2 Peter chapter 1 again, a careful look at 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 talks to us about the exceeding great and precious promises. It's here. The exceeding great and precious promise is here. And that exceeding great and precious promise, if you have you know, depend on your version, but after the promise has a colon, that you will be a partaker. So it's a promise. 
It's a promise. This is it. It's right here. So the more you read of the word, the more you are translating Christ's divine nature into your spirit. And the more you will begin to look and resemble Christ. And you also build your faith capacity to be able to apply what you hear and what you read. Amen. So many people miss it. Instead of going after man of um, going after God, they'll rather go after man. Amen. So we pray to God and may we pursue him. Amen. Look at this scripture in James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. This is in the book. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. But he gives more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Amen. So this scripture is exhorting us to chase after God. When you draw near to God, the Bible says he will draw near to you. So this scripture is telling us to pursue God. Amen. So God's grace, it does not prevent us from relentlessly pursuing Christ. When you come to Christ and when you receive the grace of God, you draw nigh to God. So grace is a very powerful thing that we have to understand. Amen. He says he gives more grace. God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves to the devil. Submit yourselves to God, I'm sorry. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I pray that this year may you walk in such spiritual authority that when you resist the devil, he will flee. But resisting the devil is contingent on you submitting yourselves to God. Amen. Now do we submit ourselves to God, verse 8, and we draw near to him. And we draw near to him. So we have to draw near to God. It's a sign of humility. Why? Because it means that we rely totally on him. Our total dependence exists on our relationship with God. That's humility. So it will take a believer who has an active, living, vibrant relationship. Active, living, vibrant relationship. Because honestly, some of us, our relationship with God is passive or inactive. It's dead. But we have to have an active, living, vibrant relationship with God. It means that we are dependent. And when we are dependent, it means that we are humble. And with that, you attract more grace. So the grace that you received at the inception of new birth is not all grace that you have to receive. I think when, you know, that scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, I have spoken about that before. All the grace that you have received today, all the grace that you are enjoying, is not all the grace that there is. 
there is multiplied grace. And one of the ways to tap into the grace of God is to establish that relationship. Now, when you establish that relationship, he gives grace, more grace. You know, grace by itself is even more. Grace by itself is superfluous. Grace by itself is superabundance. So I find it funny that they will even add more grace. Are you understanding me? Because even without the more, just grace by itself is enough. Because the nature of grace is, is lavish. It's extravagant. It's superabundance. It's magnificent. Every word that you can use to describe the, the super sufficiency of grace. But you receive more because you are humble. And the essence of your humility will show in your connection to God. Amen. So pursue God or pursue Christ through the knowledge of him by reading the Bible. And it is through the Bible that will be conformed to the image of his son through the Bible. Let me show you a typical example. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can a young man be pure? As some versions would say. It says, by taking heed according to your word. But David was asking the question, how does one become pure? How does one live a holy life? You know, becoming pure and living a holy life is being a partaker of Christ's divine nature. And David answered the question, by taking heed according to the word of God. So there is something that happens when you pursue Christ through the knowledge of Christ, which is found in the word of God. It's going to make such a big difference. So this year, if you want to see more of Christ-like virtues, if you want to be able to live this Christian life um, in a way which is worthy of an example, read the Bible. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Because the more you read the Bible, the more, you know, the Bible is called a mirror, according to James chapter 1. The more you read the Bible, the more you begin to see yourself in Christ-likeness and is going to reflect. Amen. So let's do that. And now we are also learning the benefits of pursuing Christ. When we pursue Christ, the Bible lets us know that we receive more grace. How many of us need more grace? I need more grace. I believe that I have experienced a certain level of grace. If you are a believer, you have also experienced a certain level of grace. All of us here, one thing that we all have in common is that we have all received grace because we are all born again. But there's another dimension of grace we can all receive and that's what the author said in verse 8. When we draw near to God, God will also draw near to us. Amen. The reason why an atheist is really able to confuse you, that, oh, God doesn't exist, is because you don't feel God, because you draw near to him. When you draw near to him, and when he draws near to you, it's very different. There is no theologian, no atheist, no intellectual that will be able to confuse you and, and debunk that theory that God is not real. God wants to show himself strong to us. God wants to be real to us, but he can only be real to us when we are willing. We are willing by wanting to establish a relationship with him. 
Amen. So God, that's one thing about him. He, he doesn't impose. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. It speaks of humility because it means that the relationship I have with him speaks of my dependence upon him. You receive a certain level of grace. I pray. And, and if there is anything you need in 2023 to move forward, it's more grace. Not this grace that you're experiencing. You need more grace. Look, there is nothing like I have received too much grace. You need to receive all the grace or all the graces you need in this world. And one of them comes by having a relationship with Christ. Amen. So I would just like to end it here. So if you read chapter one, chapter one is the pursuit of Christ. I believe you'll be blessed the more. Amen. I just want, I'll just pick some very few points and share so that you just read it. Because when you read, there is more information that I decided not to touch on. You know, so my 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 objective is not to preach the whole book. My objective is just to shed light on the book, so that we can all read the book. So in in your quiet time, in in when you have room in your time, just read the book, read chapter one, and there is more there that I didn't even touch on. Amen. But I believe this is the 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 part that I've shared is what is more important that. We have to come to a place where we pursue Christ. Amen. And we pursue him through knowledge. So we are gonna we're gonna learn a lot from the book. Amen. There are there are eight chapters in the book. And so um as and when we will just pick one of the chapters and 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 and, and expand upon it. Amen. So today we did chapter one on the pursuit of Christ. Amen. So next week we'll tackle another chapter. It might not be chapter two. It might be chapter three or chapter four. Amen. So that's it for now. Who has any questions? So please, the link is there. Please click the link. Buy the book. Um, last year, October, I presented me shop and penned down six books. So uh, they are great. You can get them and read them. Let me give you the titles. So he wrote on Knowing Christ, um, The Pursuit of Christ, Exalted Christ, Conforming Unto His Death, Attaining Unto the Resurrection, The Fellowship of His Suffering. So there were six books that he wrote all in October uh, in lieu of his 60th birthday. So on, on, on his 60th birthday, he launched six books, uh, Knowing Christ, the pursuit of Christ, exalted Christ, conforming unto his death, attaining unto his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering. Amen. My my personal favorite is the fellowship of his suffering. I, lo I love that book. Amen. So I've really been blessed reading that. So probably if you go all the six and read them, um, you also be blessed. Amen. But by the pursuit of Christ, at least if you don't have money to buy any of that all by the pursuit of Christ, because this year our theme is the pursuit of Christ, and it will do you good for you to read um, the whole book for you to get the bigger picture of the theme. Amen. All right, so I'm done for now. Today is a very short one. So if you have any questions, contributions, the floor is open. Amen. God bless you. Um, I have a question on um, being a partaker of the divine nature. Okay. Um, does being a partaker of the divine nature end, does it end with just having the character of Christ or having um, 
um, or, or, or demonstrating the fruit of the spirit? Okay. So does the divine nature end with the character of Christ or demonstrating the fruit of the spirit? That's a very good question. I would say yes. It ends with that. And in this lifetime, all that we want to do is just to be like Christ. Like that's why I say that when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, and then one day we are going to go to heaven, in between that gap is partaking of Christ's divine nature or conforming to his image. So it's about the character of Christ and all manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. And it takes a lifetime for a believer to ever come to that. A lifetime. So yeah, that would be it. Um, I, I can even say that flowing in the gifts of the Spirit and walking in the power of the anointing and all that stuff, but that's not nature. That's more to do with works and deeds. That's a different subject for another time. But when we are talking about nature, we are just focusing on his character. Let me read this scripture, First John chapter 3. Verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. So First John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, That we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. So why does the world doesn't know us? The world doesn't know us because we have a different nature. Do you understand? It says that, therefore, the world does not know. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. So what makes you a child of God? Verse 2. The world does not know us because it did not know him. It doesn't know Christ. It doesn't know the nature of Christ. And when we become Christians and when we take after the nature of Christ, the world also doesn't know us. Now, look at the, the, the rest of the verse. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So, before Christ comes, all that the believer has to do is to be a partaker of Christ's divine nature. It's a lifetime. It doesn't take three years or four years or ten years of the Christian work to be like Christ. It's a Herculean task. Day in and day out, in our work with God, we are striving to be like Christ. That, that's why when you stop, then you are saying, I have attained. And that's why Apostle Paul said, not that I have already attained. In fact, it is the inspiration of the six books came from Philippians chapter 3. Not that I have already attained, but I press on. And that's where all the six titles of the, the books that the presiding bishop wrote came from. Amen. So you, you can't say you have attained. You have to press on. So yes, the answer to your question is yes. When we are talking about becoming a partaker of Christ's divine nature, it is talking about us exhibiting his character or allowing the fruit of the Spirit to manifest through us. It's going to take a lifetime 
a lifetime for us to get there. So we don't have to stop. We don't have to rest on our laurels. Any believer who tells you he has achieved that is saying I've already attained. And that's a lie. It's going to take a lifetime. Amen. <laughs> I mean, um, trying to conform to the image of Christ is like marriage until death do us part. So until Christ calls us home, either through rapture or, you know, whatever, or we die, the, 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 the exercise for us as believers, after we have received him as our Lord, is trying to conform to his image. Amen. I don't know whether I answered your question. All right. Does anybody else have a question or a contribution? I, I have put in uh in the chat box a scripture. Um and I was asking if this is also, I, I'm taking it to be part of what we are talking about. It, it came to my mind as uh, we were having the discussion. I just want to know if I'm thinking in the, in the, in those terms. Yeah, it's a good scripture. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yep. So you see the keyword there, much fruit. So it's different kinds, different kinds, different kinds. The works of Christ is one. You, you can't do the works of Christ if you don't abide in him. Uh, secondly, the nature of Christ. You can't exhibit the nature of Christ if you don't abide in him. Fruit of the Spirit, that's also another, or the character of Christ, however you want to call it. You can't do that if you don't abide in him. So it, it's, it's, it speaks to what we are discussing. So yeah, we can apply the scripture to the discussion. Yeah, and even um, if you read um, John fifteen carefully, there are varying degrees of fruit. It starts with fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and all of them has to do with the level of closeness, abiding that you will do as a branch has to do with the, the closeness. So uh, I believe that the more we we develop that relationship with God, we, we will come to a place of extreme fruitfulness. I believe so. So that's it. And when we're talking about the fruits, it will not just be works. It will also show in our character. It's a big thing. Amen. So this Christian work is about conforming to the image of his son so that when we meet God as he is, so are we. Amen. So don't forget that. This Christian work is about conforming to the image of his son so that when we meet him as he is, so are we. Amen. So please don't neglect that aspect Amen. It's good to be anointed. It's good to be powerful. It's good to preach. It's good to do all that, but don't forget the core of the core. The core of the core is we have been conformed to the image of his son. It's something that God has predestined, right? To be conformed to the image of his son. As he is, so are we. 
He is pure, so we have to be pure. He is holy, so we have to be holy. It's a lifetime. It's not going to take some years. It's a marriage. Remember that. To build character, to, to conform to the image of Christ, it's a marriage. Amen. All right. Who else? We've got six minutes on the clock. Is your question answered? All right, so what, what have we learned tonight, if we don't have any question? Did, did we take anything home tonight? What did we learn? What did we understand? What are we going to practice? And all that stuff, so. Um, I can share what I learned. Okay. Yeah, so we learned that once we become believers, it, it does not end there, but we have to continually pursue God. And one of the ways is to pay attention to the word, commit ourselves to studying the word and understanding it. Um. And it's 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 a it's actually a lifetime process. We 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 never we should never think that we have attained or we have arrived. But it's going to take a lifetime till we meet Christ, which means that our pursuit of Christ will continue until yeah. we unite with Him one day. There you go. Amen. All right. Um, I saw a comment. Encouraged to pursue Christ. Okay. Who else? One of the signs of deception is complacency. To think you have arrived. I remember many years ago, I was, I was teaching Bible study. I wasn't even a pastor then. I was just a Bible study. I had a class. I had a class I taught on Sunday. So I asked somebody one day, I said, why don't you come to Sunday school? He said, oh, we, we are matured. Oh, yes. we, we are matured. We, we don't need this. This is for babies. We are matured. That's deception. You, you you can never say you have attained. You can't. It even shows that you are not matured. If you even say you are matured. Because a sign of spiritual maturity is to say, I haven't attained. A sign of spiritual maturity is to say, my whole sustenance is based on my relationship with God. My whole being of existence depends on my pursuit of Christ. As a, a real spiritually matured person. Well, I do remember how we have passed this stage. I'm matured. I don't need this. Yeah, well... How can you say you've matured from the word of God 
you know so it's something that I really struggle to understand Amen. but deception we should never come to a place of deception and when we come to a place of deception it will show in our complacency I've arrived I know it all I know it all no you don't know it all you don't know it all be like Paul, use this language. I have not already attained. I mean, if you read Apostle Paul, you would think he was a new convert saying that well advanced, 25 years in the faith, planted many churches, raised up many sons, had proteges under him, had preached the gospel, written epistles, very accomplished. He says, not that I have already attained. So please, let that be our, our, our language this year. Especially, if we want to pursue Christ, guard against the enemy of complacency. Not that I have already attained. Six words. Not that I have already attained. These six words are very important if you want to pursue Christ this year. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that may we pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God willing, Saturday 7th is our first Saturday of the month. So per usual, we have our um, prayer meeting, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning. I hope to see all of you there. Good night.